You're listening to Charge, a CCS podcast. Hello, y'all. This is Chad Dirksy, and you're listening to the Charge podcast. Um, it's, uh, it's an effort by Chattanooga Christian School to allow our families to see behind the curtain uh, and experience um, in real ways why we choose to do what we do. And we've, we've spent a good bit of time talking about a number of topics. Today, we're going to talk about special education, or in our terms, what we call exceptional education, and how that fits into our sense of the way God's made us in his image, and how he's, he's bound us together in good ways in community for the flourishing of everyone. And I have with me today a longtime friend and some new friends, so I'd love for them to introduce themselves. So I'm going to start over here. Uh, with Shonda, if you could just tell the audience a bit about who you are and why this is an important topic for y'all. Yeah. Hi, I'm Shonda Keynes. I am the Director of Exceptional Education here at Chattanooga Christian School, as well as the lower school head. Um, And also, I am parent to Jack Keynes, who is a junior here at CCS in the Learning Center, and um, the mom of two other alum, alumni, um, Emma and Lou, who have um, come out of CCS as well. Hi, my name is Jackie Leach. Um, I'm a parent of two boys at CCS. Both are in sixth grade. Um, and we've been here since the boys were in third grade. All right. My name is Kelly Reynolds. I am the parent of um, six children. One of them attends CCS, um, Juliana. And I was a special educator for 10 years, and I've been a speech-language pathologist for about five years. Well, I appreciate all of you being here today. I I had to twist Shonda's arm to do this. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She has to do this because she works here, but the rest of you have given up your time uh, to to record this today, so I'm really, really grateful for that. It's been my privilege to serve at CCS for, this is my 13th year, and one of the reasons I moved from Chicago to come here and was part of the interview process was... I believe CCS to be a place that had already uh, served a very diverse population of students and provided all kinds of resources and services for that diverse population of students to be successful at CCS. And I believed, in addition to the fact that they had done it, that they were committed uh, to growing our capacity uh, to serve a broad population of students particularly those who would qualify for special education services. And again, we, we call that exceptional education. And at one point during my tenure, uh, we, we had a point where we had a real opportunity to leverage what had already been done to, to get on the shoulders of those who had come before us and really make some marked improvements in our ex- exceptional education services across the board. Um, and I, I talked to people in Chattanooga and said, could you tell me who's the best person um, in special education that also loves Jesus? And everybody said Shonda Kane. So I called Shonda, and here we are uh, many years later in a place that's very different than we were uh, when Shonda started. So Shonda, maybe we could start by you talking a little bit about that journey. What have you seen materialize uh, at CCS over that time? And then maybe you folks can jump in and reinforce uh, what Shonda's saying. Um, as she talked about what we do here. Yeah. So I'm heading into, or or well into, uh, year eight here at CCS. And 
I was reflecting with um, with a colleague outside of CCS the other day who was asking me, you know, how things were going generally. That's what folks say is, how's it going? You know, what's different? Are you satisfied? Um, and and I was describing just how, um, how wonderful things were going uh, despite COVID and uh, a lot of the, the setbacks and the things that we've had to learn to do differently that, uh, and especially for our students with disabilities here, that I really felt um, a lot of pride and um, joy over the things that are happening here. And, and especially as it pertains to a lot of our um, faculty and staff and just the overall um, culture of our community here, really, what I would say, you know, in the last going on eight years, um, has been a significant um, shift in in the ownership of the services to all of our students, and that being shared by all of our faculty and staff. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen in my time here, and in reflecting over it, is that in the beginning. It felt um, more segmented in terms of exceptional ed services and then the general ed teachers, faculty and staff, and those services. And I definitely have seen over the years that uh, become united. And it's what's real. what was really awesome was a couple of weeks ago, I, I listened to something that someone else was saying um, to a parent. It was a faculty member um, in the high school who was just so wonderfully articulating um, why we do what we do, um, how he's able to serve a particular student in his class. And, um, and this was a teacher who wasn't necessarily that he was opposed to doing that, but just didn't feel skilled, didn't feel equipped, um, and wasn't sure about, um, about things and, and certainly would have felt perhaps insecure or, or ill-equipped um, several years ago to hear him really explaining, you know, how he meets the needs of his students and and why we do that. Um, to hear that coming from general education staff, I think shows just a lot of um, of just the community belief in why we do what we do, and um, and that that is what makes communities, especially communities like school, work. Is when the entire um, you know everyone, every staff member um, within every division is bought into. Um, and working toward the common goal, um, it just it it makes things a lot more powerful in the direction of progress um, for our students with a diagnosis. That, that's great. I'd, I'd love for you all to to kind of jump in here and 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 follow up with a perspective of of families who have been here and and seen that and experienced that with whether you can affirm that or whether you disagree with that. Either one of those answers would be appropriate. Um, I can. Um, I actually would start before my daughter was a student here. I had a, I was uh, privately tutoring some students who um, both had disabilities, intellectual disabilities, and um, they were not um, happy with their public school options or experiences, so they had pulled their students out to homeschool. And they had pursued several um, Christian schools in the community and couldn't find one that was... I don't want to say willing, but didn't feel comfortable in being able to meet their needs. Um, and then just a few years after that experience, um, pursuing CCS with my own daughter. So she's been here. This is her sixth year. I think I counted up. 
So her sixth year, um, she's in fourth grade. We did a, a round trip of kindergarten to just better prepare her. Um, and I have seen such growth in in her, but also um, the teaching staff over the years. I've seen how they really rallied around and um, embraced the idea that she's just another student in their class. Um, she they've really pursued how they can serve her best. Um, the first time I got a call from one of her teachers at the very beginning of the year, and they're like, I'd like to talk to you about what you see as her strengths. What would you, what do you see her learning this year and where do you hope she goes? And, um, just that future perspective of her, um, and understanding that one, she has something to offer everyone else and, um, that she can be offered something in return. Um, was pretty powerful, and I've just seen that year after year um, really grow um, with the teachers that we've had. Well, it's really interesting that we start with eight years ago when you got here because my son, interestingly, um, I think I called around looking for kindergarten programs, um, and CCS was on my list of places to call, but Shonda Cairns was not here yet. And so this is not where we landed. Um, and I basically followed Shonda's progress at CCS um, and came here three years ago because of um, the confidence that she had uh, in my son's ability, um, which we hadn't really seen anyone else um, education wise have confidence um, in my child's ability so we actually um, picked up our entire lives and moved it um, down to St. Elmo so that we could come to school here and my experience has been the same um, he he has grown so much um, by being loved by his peers um, and the faculty here and every time I have any sort of doubt, um, because we have doubts sometimes or a lot of lots of fear, times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, especially I, me, I mean, I'm guilty of sometimes being um, extra worried or super feel fearful about um, my, my child with special needs, um, you know, something happening or, or anyway, but uh, Shonda just looked at him and knew what he was capable of, I think even before before I was. But all all the teachers that we've um, encountered so far have, have embraced him, and really the kids too. Um, and that always um, kind of takes my breath away a little bit. Um, so we kind of followed Shonda down here, and um, it has been a life-changing experience for my family. Um, and my son, both of my kids. Yeah, we think um, leadership is really important, so it's incredibly, incredibly valuable that Shonda's chosen to use her gifts here and to, to lead and shepherd a program, uh, not a program, but services that, that equip teachers to serve students effectively in classrooms in ways that see the beautiful capacity that they have um, that see them as another student in their classroom that has potential and, and think about their future. We orient those things around our theological understanding of God's divine design that we specifically see in passages like Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, where it defines that God made us different on purpose 
Um, but oftentimes when we talk about seeing differences, we, we, we think about those differences in ways that are separating us from others. But in God's beautiful design, he made us different to actually unite us to one another. Kind of like if we were all a thumb, right? We wouldn't have a very functional hand. But the beauty of that picture and how it plays out within a school community means the stories that you're telling about your children, I'm so glad for those but the value of exceptional education services are not just for students uh, with disabilities or those who have special needs, but for all students. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that's an important part of this, that it's actually for us, it's theological and it's profoundly relational because we get to see foretastes of God's kingdom played out on a regular basis because we serve this population of students as well as typically developing students in ways that are connected and united. And we love that about CCS. So tell me about how that idea of, I guess, maybe inclusion could be the discussion, but maybe let's talk about that a little bit and how do we pull that off and why is that so important um, in the lives of your children? But maybe we could talk about why we think that's in the best interest of all students. Yeah, so inclusion is is a really loaded term um, in in terms of that so many people have so many different ideas about what that means um, and specifically in an educational context so I'm going to tell you what it means to me um, what it means to me would be that um, inclusion is is not a thing or a curriculum or a, a classroom but rather um, a set of beliefs that, um, folks with a diagnosis with disabilities and those without their typically developing peers, that they are in the same places, classes, receiving the same instruction from, you, you know, utilizing the same instructors um, to the greatest extent possible side by side uh, for the benefit of both sets of students so that the typically developing peer has peers that are not typically developing and vice versa. Um, and I think the, the trickiest part of that is that we live in a world that is designed for a norm. Um, and so the, the hardest part of inclusion is, is looking around and planning for, planning your environments, training your faculty and staff, looking at your curricular materials to plan for such a wide range of student ability. Um, and, and that's a tough job. Um, that's, that's our job. Um, and we are not at all perfect, um, at doing that job, but that's something that, um, is ever evolving. And, um, what, what makes it work is to be prepared for the greatest range of student ability in each of the different settings, um, to say, you know, I always say you go down what if lane, you go all the way down what if lane, what if this and what if this, okay, now we're prepared, we've got the materials, we've trained the instructors, we've got the environments, and we're ready to go for this student and for that student, and, and it allows so many more people to show up um, than if you just get, you know, a curriculum and a, and a classroom and teachers prepared for one type of student. And so, um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that you'll hear, um, and lots and lots of studies have been done on this, um, there's a really, really interesting meta-analysis, which is a study of all the studies that they've done on um, the effects of, you know, we know, everyone has known for a long time, 
um, that it is best for students with disabilities to be educated with their typically developing peers. We know it's best for them, but it also is best for the typically developing student. Um, in, in the worst case scenario, there's no effect um, to their academic instruction. And in the best case scenario, there's a positive effect um, to that. And, and that's really important um, when you consider the challenge of doing that in a classroom. You know, that's something that people think about a lot is, is this going to take away from? Um, so no, in fact, no, it, it will not. But um, the, you know, at a Christian school, and when we are considering this from the perspective of um, we, we all have equal worth, um, there's not, disability is not inferiority. Um, and so uh, the, my end goal might be different from your end goal in terms of academically, socially, um, you know, language and communication, uh, any of the developmental domains. I might have a different goal, but my goal doesn't make me inferior to you. Um, and having that set up day by day from, from preschool all the way through 12th grade is the lesson of um, the diversity of the kingdom and what it actually means, boots on the ground, to be shoulder to shoulder with people who are very different from you, who, you know, Kelly, you mentioned teacher asking about what contributions, and, and we expect contributions from everyone. They're going to look differently. Um, but that that lesson um, is is so much deeper than just the academic one and the, the school, the, the social constructs. Um, built into a school setting, um, it is it is in fact living out those beliefs that we are all created with purpose for purpose, and that um, it takes many to make up um, the whole body. Yeah, thanks. You you all as as parents want to add to that? Is there any kind of can you build that out a bit more um, from a perspective of as you're pointing at each other to see who's going to go first? Just pick somebody. I'll go first. Um, yes, all of the things that Shonda said. Um, from a parent's perspective, I I thank the Lord every day when I drop my child off at CCS um, because I don't know how you do it. Um, I think it's you're do, they're doing such a great job. You guys are doing such a great job at um, at showing all the students and faculty and the community that we're all made in God's image and that we all add value. Um, and as a parent, that is so important when I look at my child and know that I'm not just dropping him off because he is getting services, but that he's also commu contributing to this community. Um, okay, and that can you talk about cross country, the cross country yes, season? Because I was going to feel think like he's that. a star, and I uh, that is such an example of his community. And I wasn't part of that, you know, that wasn't an exceptional education thing, but that was such an example of the CCS community and his importance in it. Yes, yeah, so I was going to use that as my example. Um, my child has an abundance of energy, um, Owen is his <laughs> name, um, and he doesn't stop moving. So I thought running would be a good thing. Um, at the beginning of the, so he started middle school this year. We ran cross country in elementary school and I was there and I was, I ran alongside of him. I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought maybe he would run um, off the track, off the path and follow a butterfly. So starting middle school, knowing it was a two mile um, race, I knew I wasn't going to run with him. And I thought, 
for sure he would need someone to run with him. Um, so I came to Shonda Keynes. Who, who are we going to recruit to run with my child? Um, fast forward, cross-country season is over. He went to practice by himself starting in the summer. Um, I talked with the coaches ahead of time, and they rallied around him. But so did every other kid on that team. Um, it was unbelievable. I couldn't even every. I had to stop myself from crying every time I saw it. Um, I would drop him off for practice, and I would hear, "Hey Owen, hey Owen, hey Owen, hey Owen, hey Owen," and he would bebop right over there. And then they would come out after running, all hot and sweaty, and I'd hear, "Bye Owen, bye Owen, bye Owen." Um, and then he ran every single cross country race by himself. And you know, we we talked about it ahead of time. We we planned, um, especially the first race, and showed him where to go and where to turn and where not to go. Um, but the entire team, the boys, cheered for the girls. And watching my child leave my side independently, go with the other kids to cheer on the girls and enjoy it. And they drag, I mean, sometimes they'd have to grab him by the arm and drag him over there. Not too many. I mean, he loved it. It was unbelievable and um and then all the girls would stay and watch the boys run and some of those girls would had different places where they would wait for him and run alongside him and just it was it was the best it was the best thing to see um it's what every special needs parent wants to see happen for their child um i didn't have to like we didn't have to co. We didn't have to convince anyone to do that. We didn't have to convince these children to do that. They see Owen for who he is, and they rally alongside of him because that's what's being taught here. That we add value. He added value to that to the cross country team. Did he come in first place? No. It didn't matter. He he was he was so successful in cross country to the point where he he. He's waiting for the next season. It's awesome. Well, and let's not, you know, downplay the fact that he wasn't a slow runner. I mean, no. he ran quickly, and he was able to run in the meets because he could run in less than 20 minutes. And his coaches shared with me that he would have been even faster, except he would feel the need to slow down for his peers who were behind him and yes. wait for them. He would do that. He would stop, and he would he would uh, wait for for other kids and some and again my child is extremely friendly so he would sometimes see other kids on other teams that he knew um and stop and jog next to them and chit chat so I mean you know he he was a little distracted but it was amazing and he he's just going to grow from there um and it's such a wonderful life skill uh and it was such a positive experience for him and and I know for the other kids too and the coaches um, it's just, I can't, yeah. I, I can't even say how happy I was about that whole experience. And that's just one of the many experiences we've had here. So that's awesome. I can speak a little bit from, um, Juliana's perspective, um, and then some of her peers and, and teachers perspective. Um, one of the things that her teachers, a few teachers have said they've talked about her joy. Um, she does get, she's very joyful in um, things that we might just find normal or mundane. Uh, she finds great joy in those. Um, but 
the other thing that has stood out to me is um, I've heard our teachers talk about how it's improved their own teaching skills for all of their students because they have learned to um, look at a child and see what how things are clicking for them. So it's improved their own teaching skills for all of their students. Um, I have the the benefit of having three children with a the same uh, diagnosis. They all three three of them have uh, Down syndrome. So I've gotten to watch all of three of them grow in different ways, and they're all separate, unique, individual people. Um, but to see Juliana's growth in her speech skills, her communication skills, has been, you know, when she started here in kindergarten, um, you could not understand what she said. It was really hard to um, to understand her meaning, and now I can understand most of what she says. Um to watch her when I pick her up singing worship songs in the car uh, with sign language and motions and, and is able to follow along and, and keep up with, with the tune and, um, and generally worship from her heart. I can see that um, all over her. That's been the, the best thing to see for me. Um, the academic growth has just been a, an added bonus because, you know, ultimately, you know, if, if my children know Jesus – I can't ask for much more. Um, the other things are just all all added bonus. And I've seen her, um, I, I've heard and seen some of her peers interact with her. And it it is, it doesn't feel like um, a forced thing. It feels very natural. They are able to use their own skills um, and learn how to be an encourager, to, to encourage her along. Um, and they've also been able to re- be the recipients of her, her encouragement and how she um, um, cheers them along in something that they're working on. So it's really fun to see how um, just that mutual benefit of uh, becoming an encourager and being encouraged. Yeah, we talk a lot on this podcast about the fact that we live in an already not yet world. Uh, the work of Jesus is completed um, so we've we've been given a right status before God. That's been accomplished. We get to celebrate that with this idea that, you know, we've talked about it numerous times that every morning when we wake up before we put our feet on the ground, our Heavenly Father is pleased with us. So we, we have that. But we also live in this not-yet world where where all that is broken has not been yet fully restored. And what we hope is, is that CCS is a place, as we talk about flourishing, where we get to experience foretastes, like little sample spoons, like you get at like the ice cream store, of God's restored kingdom to come. So in a lot of ways, whether it's talking about a cross-country meet and people cheering for each other, or about the things that, that all of our students learn in that experience with your daughter and the contributions that every student makes, we get to see these beautiful fortes. So in one sense, there's a real picture of God's kingdom that's happening because people who are very different are actually coming together uh, to show us little bits and pieces of what it's going to look like when we get to experience the return of King Jesus. So we're, we're grateful for those opportunities. And it has practical benefits too, right? It's theological but it's also really practice, practical. It's true. We've seen it again and again and again that as we've grown our capacity to serve students with disabilities, 
those strategies are not just instructional strategies are not just in the best interest of those students with disabilities. They're actually data informed strategies that are in the best interest of all students. So we've seen our capacity to serve every student uh, more effectively grow as we've grown to understand uh, how to serve students well uh, in an environment that's inclusive that isn't just doing lip service to God made us different, but he unites us in our differences. But we get to see this every day. Every day we get to come to school and we get to see this happening. Because it's a broken world, it's not always easy, right? The, the fear that we have, right, as a parent, that fear, right, isn't unjustified, right? There are things that we're concerned about for our children in general. Um, and, and these stories that we're talking about today, there's still fear there, um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We have a part of CCS called the Learning Center that's reasonably new. Shana, I'd love you to talk about that a little bit. I know this isn't an infomercial, but this really goes, again, to the expansion of our desire to be a reflection of God's divine design and the way he created his image bearers and unites them together. So tell us a little bit about the Learning Center. Yeah, so um, the Learning Center last year was the first year. We're in year two of that, and... Um, it is specifically for students in grades 6 to 12, so older students who are here. Um, just in the time that I've been here, you know, we've, we've been able to um, work toward the full inclusion, meaning always in a general education setting for our students in the lower school. And it's pretty, I don't want to say easy, but it's definitely much easier to pull that off in terms of the environments, the materials. Um, what the school day looks like, um, and and you have subjects like reading that are built into any any third fourth grade schedule, um, and then when you get to middle school, you know reading becomes English, and um, and things shift in terms of you know a lot of folks think that the learning center was especially about academics and about the challenges of academics for students who may have more significant needs, but. It's so much more than academics. Um, the, the need to be independent on campus really kicks in in sixth grade, and it's a big campus. Um, and uh, some of those things that we take for granted that kids are going to develop those skills have to be explicitly taught. Um, and so, so there were several things sort of at play there. There was the need for a setting that would allow us to continue academic instruction for older students that was more specialized. Um, we know that that individuals with intellectual disabilities like Down syndrome can continue to learn how to read, you know, until they're into their 30s. I mean, definitely throughout their 20s. And so why would we stop with reading instruction when they're 12? Um, we should get them to the, the highest level that we can get them to in terms of their reading ability. Um, that's just going to be helpful. And then um, the other thing was that you know, building the amount of therapy that can be beneficial for our students into the school day was a particular challenge in the standard middle high school schedule. And we have a lot of therapy services that are built into uh, the learning center um, model. And so we have occupational therapy, speech language therapy, and physical therapy for those students. And um, it's more than what really could be accommodated in a standard seven-hour school day. And so those are, those are really um, kind of, that's sort of the thinking around it. And, and then some. And then we also have students for whom, and one of those students is my son Jack, um, for whom, you know, a general education academic class um, in high school 
is not going to be appropriate for him. Those aren't the the things that he needs to be working on right now. Um, he really is working on what we would call adaptive behavior skills, um, communication, and um, you know all, all of anything else that would foster independence um, in the community, more engagement, and things that he can find um, that he might enjoy doing. Um, we would say that Jack is kind of difficult to engage. He's happy to sit around and listen to the same playlist of music over and over again. So just finding activities for him that he can participate in and really enjoy. Um, so Jack spends the full day in the learning center. Um, and that's, you know, as his parents, um, my husband and I, we, we worked with the teacher and the staff there to design his day. So just to be able to have some flexibility for students whose needs might be more significant, again, to build in different academic instruction than what's happening in middle and high school, to build in the a lot of additional therapy time, and then to be able to focus on things like adaptive behavior skills, things like making your own lunch and dinner. And so there's a full, you know, kitchen with a Hobart dishwasher and um, and an oven and a washer and dryer. Um, Jack is able to do a lot of laundry at school. We have not transferred that skill to home yet. We're not generalizing that yet to the house, but we're waiting for that. Um, so, so yeah, that's the reason for that. You know, what's I think been especially tricky is um, finding and and already we're hearing you know from parents. So, is is my child is my child going to be in a learning center or are they going to be still fully included? So trying to sort of delineate, like, hold on, what is the learning profile that would make a student in one place over another? Um, that's a challenge because there are thing there are things that you know could be beneficial to a lot of our students that are coming out of the learning center, but it may be that they need to pursue those things outside of the school day, and it really is more in their best interest to remain in classes for the full school day. So we're working on those kinds of conversations now. Um, but yeah, that that is the purpose. It allows us to serve more students than we were serving before. Yeah, and again, going back to the the general kind of theological perspective, it gives us a bigger picture of God's grand design, and we get to have a better understanding of that because we're rubbing shoulders together every day. And and sometimes that is. I, I was standing uh, today um, on my phone. Um, outside of a lunch space, watching students that that participate in learning center activities, eating with students uh, from the middle school. And it's a beautiful picture of God's kingdom. Uh, There were students walking up to the table of students from the learning center having conversations, much in the same way that we talked about at a cross-country meet or or even the things that we do in a chapel service that cause us to worship and, and give us the tools to be able to worship uh, in ways that suit us best. So it's a beautiful thing that we get that opportunity uh, to do that. And I started, um, before we started this session, I said to all the people in the room, this time's going to go faster than you think it does because we really only have 30 minutes. Uh, we're going to spend some more time um, in another episode talking about some more of the specifics of how we serve a diverse population of students on the basis of ability. But for now, I want to thank you both uh, for being here as parents and giving us a little bit of that perspective. And Shonda, thanks for, for filling in all the underlying pieces and what's behind that. This is really, really a beautiful thing. And, and this is one of those areas I'd ask you to continue to, to pray about because this is hard, right? If it was easy, everyone would do it. Um, it's difficult to do this and to do this well. We're really grateful to be a Christian school where we get to encourage students with spiritual practices that 
that we pray fervently that God is using to change their hearts and orient them towards towards him. And it's really important for us to be able to do that in an educational context. But valuing all students also means we're going to take their education really seriously um, and we're going to want to do those things well, whether that's literacy instruction or laundry or or learning that, hey, as you get older, no, we don't want you to stop and run next to your friends and slow down. We actually want you to run as fast as you can. And we're <laughs> going to work on those things and, and train well uh, for all that. But but at the end of the day, we're really grateful for the opportunity to do this in a way that, that glorifies God and helps people see in a bigger way um, the wonderful glory of his design and the way he's created his image bearers. So any of you that are listening that haven't experienced this before, we'd love to have you stop in and check all this stuff out. We'd love to share it with you and, and continue to share our hearts about why this is important. But for now, uh, we're going to sign off and, and hope you have a great rest of the day. See you soon.